Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Sometimes, sometimes you just have to shout at walls. You know, you ever think about the fact that sometimes God asks you to do something that's stupid? I want you to think about you. You're in Israel, and God says, you're going to take that city right there. And he goes, okay, how are we going to do it? Shout at it. And now, if, and you look at it and go, I mean, wouldn't dynamite work a whole lot better? No, shout about it. Now, you think about the fact that that is like a stupid thing to say to somebody. Shout the walls down. You have to be real stupid to obey God. One time, Dr. Cho said, how come you use me so much, God? He said, you are dumb, Dr. Cho, you dumb man. You dumb, you do everything I say. You so dumb, you do what I say. Other people so smart, they don't do what I say. You dumb, Dr. Cho. You just keep being dumb. Sometimes when he tells you to shout, it might seem dumb to you, just shout anyway. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. <laughs> I told somebody the other day, we had a, uh, a funeral here, and the people came, and I said, if you come to church here, I want you to know this. We do things decently and in order. If, and someone starts running, run the same direction. That's decently and in order. They thought, you're crazy. I said, yeah, I am. Let's just a little bit, just a little bit. Are you all ready for the word? Get your Bible and go to Galatians chapter 3. Does anybody know what we've even been preaching on? Who you are in Christ. The foundations. Who you are in Christ. And we're going to continue this morning. I've been pastoring 34 years. Every person that I have ever sat in a hospital with, praying with them, that told me they were in faith, most were not. My heart goes out of that. I'm not being critical. I'm telling you they're not in faith. And I came home one day and I looked at it and I went, why are they not in faith? They're saying the right words. And it dawned on me that I haven't built a foundation under you to even stand on. Because if you're walking by faith and you don't even have the basics down, you'll fail. And it isn't, it isn't because you're bad. It isn't that you don't love God. You just don't have a foundation. When you went to school, <clears throat> they spent years teaching you arithmetic. There's only 10 numbers. I mean, I don't care if you're a banker or an executive of a corporation, you're still using the same 10 numbers you learned in first grade. Would you think it would be important to have attended first grade? Yeah, because if you don't get the basics, forget moving forward. You're not going anywhere. Reading. Many people look at me and go, I don't like to read. That's not good. You should have a book. You should learn what this, your pad's not a book. I mean, the paper stuff. Get the paper stuff out. <clears throat> and, and teach yourself to read words. Teach yourself to multiply divide. I'm just talking basics because if you're not rooted in it, yeah. reading, writing, arithmetic, I've heard some of you don't know anything what, what cursive is. Cursive is not cussing. 
<laughs> Cursive means that you can actually join all the letters in the word together as you're writing. But it was mandatory when I was growing up to, to write cursive. We start, I started learning to do cursive in third grade. Yeah. Amen. Now, there's a lot of things. Now, now I'm, I mean, I'm going to say that. I want you to get this. <clears throat> it might have seemed to you boring, first, second, third, fourth grade. Might have seemed boring because you did the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over until you got out of elementary school and until you got them down, you weren't ready to go on. And there is where a massive failure is in school systems today. They don't need all the junk they're teaching. They just need reading, writing, and arithmetic. Because if you can read, you can learn on your own. Thank you. If, if you can multiply, you don't have to have a phone and a calculator every time you go somewhere. You can actually do it in your head. I know that blew you away. So it is in church. If you're not rooted in foundational things, you can forget everything else we're preaching. Marriage, the real secret to good marriage is who you are in Christ. The secret to healing is who you are in Christ. The secret to a good life is who you are in Christ. Because until you get it and go, oh, I got that. Let's go back over Mark Hankins for a minute. You've heard him tell the story over and over and over about being 17 years of age and finally listening to Brother Hagin. But once he listened and started learning who he was in Christ, he is, he is where he is today because of a simple message that he, that he got to where he mastered the simple message. You need to master the simple message. I'm going to start reading Galatians 3 to you. I'm going to read something to you today because I'm going to, we're going to go back over the simple until you look at me and go, that's actually good. I like that. All right, let's start. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. This will help you learn to read your Bible. You ready? Oh, foolish of popconians. Who bewitched you that you would not obey the truth? Whose eyes Jesus was clearly portrayed among you crucified. I have a question to ask you. Did you get born again by the works of the law or because of you hearing about faith in Jesus? Come on, help me out. Come on, let's read it again. I'm going to read it again. I I missed it because I derelized it. I want to learn something from you. Did you receive the spirit, that's the new birth, because you kept law are because you heard the gospel of Jesus. Which one was it? Now, God did the greatest miracle for you that you ever had when you were the dumbest you've ever been. You knew nothing. You were nothing. You, I mean, there wasn't anything. There was nothing good in you. And you got a miracle. Now, listen to the next statement. <clears throat> are you so foolish, having begun in spirit, you're now made perfect by your flesh? Why are you now trying to help God? You you have never helped him yet. Okay, this is foundational. This is one and one is two. That's true, except in Washington. One and one could be three now. Never mind. That's called a moron. (laughs) 
I'm sorry. Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, you're now made perfect by your flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, and if these it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you and heals you and blesses you and causes you to live long, is it because of how good you've been living or because of the hearing of faith in Jesus? God has never done anything for you because of you. He does it because of him. It's not your good. He's good. <clears throat> if that's how you began, why did you change? Everything you have right now, everything you have, the new birth filled with the Holy Ghost, the wisdom of God, the favor of God, the goodness of God was a gift. You didn't earn everything. Your future is a gift from God. He's not blessing you because you're helping him. Boy, I'm, I'm, this is, <clears throat> understand something. When you look at me in the hospital and say, I'm in faith. Faith in what? Your faith? You trying to work up faith? If your faith isn't in he loves you, you're not in faith. He loves you because he's love. Not because you're awesome. No, that's a, that's a powerful you know, people say, I don't, worry, I don't know how to read the Bible. You can just read that every day. You'd be blessed. <clears throat> Verse 6, just like Abraham, he believed God. That's 430 years before Moses ever came along. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. All he did was put his faith in the finished work of Jesus. And everything God ever did for Abraham was strictly because of his faith in what, in what God said. The covenant of God. The covenant. His faith in the covenant. I mean, I hear he's just sitting outside a tent. I mean, I mean, the angels come by and he's just sitting on his hallelujah, doing nothing. The camels are making camels, the donkeys are making donkeys, the goats are making goats, the sheep are making sheep, and God is making him filthy rich and he's just sitting. And you're working your tail off, trying to make a living. And you could just sit. <clears throat> I'm not promoting self, I mean, laziness. All right. I'm going to read this in the uh, New Living Translation. Oh, yeah, give me that water. Give me that water. I'm kind of going, ugh. I said, you know, I'm reminding me of God. Oh, foolish Galatians, who, ca who cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made clear as you, to you as you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you a question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new life in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? 
Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I'm going to ask you again. Did God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obeyed the law? Of course not. It is because of the message you heard about Christ. Now, if God did that for you then, what changed? Nothing changed. Everything that he will ever do for you is because of Jesus. So faith is faith in Jesus. That didn't change because the doctor said, you're having a problem. You go, well, no, he who began a good work in me will complete it. And so you understand faith in God is faith in God, not faith in your faith. Okay. Go, go with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Just turn the page to the right. If you're on a phone, I don't know what to tell you to do. Never ever used a phone in my life for a Bible. That's absolutely stupid. Okay, I shouldn't say that. I don't want my Bible to ring while I'm on it. And I don't want it to text me. I don't want to on the top. I just put the phone off, take it over there, put it away, get a Bible out. And I also have never seen how anybody could mark up their phone. Oh, don't tell me that. You got notes on your phone. You're, well, you're just, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. When I get to heaven, there better be a written copy of a Bible in my room. I better not walk in there and find a computer sitting on a desk. I'm going to go right to the throne and go, somebody up here backslid really bad. Paul didn't use the phone, did he? Okay, then you don't either. Oh, that's irrelevant. (laughs) I know that y'all are a different generation. That's okay. My generation was better. Tell him, Nikki, isn't that true? Absolutely. We didn't wear helmets when we rode bikes. We didn't bust our heads. I mean, we didn't even wear safety belts when we were on them. All the stuff we did was dangerous. And we lived. We drank out of water hoses. No water bottle. We stayed out until the dark and no booger man got us. Come on. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. God rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loves you. Even when you were dead in sin, made alive together with Christ by grace, unmerited favor, you have been saved. He raised you up together. He made you sit together in heavenly places in Christ so that in the ages to come, he'll show you the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward you in Christ. In a thousand years, he's still going to be blessing you. In 5,000 years, he's still going to be blessing you. In 10,000 years, he's still going to be blessing you. Why? Because of Jesus. What are you going to be doing in heaven? To earn it. All right. You see, legalism will make you mean. You ever been around people who are legalists? Christians. They're all mean. Do you know why? 
it's their image of God. They think they're acting like their father. They think God's mad at them, so they should be mad at you. And you should be mad at you because he don't like you either. This is absolutely the truth. The reason you want me to do your praying for you is because God don't even like you. Is that true? It is not true. The great love. God is love. He loves you, period. That alone is the foundation of faith. You will never give away. Once you, you can't give money away if you don't have any. You will never give love until you know you are loved. Until you're rooted, he loves me. You'll never be loving. Do you understand? You have to be rooted in grace. Rooted in the goodness of God. Okay, let me, let me, let me read this. <clears throat> Verse 8. By grace, unmerited favor, you are saved through faith, not yourself. It is a gift from God. Everything good you have right now is a gift. So I'm going to ask you a question. How much of that is because of you? Y'all now understand faith. You didn't do anything. Why have you started? Why are you now helping him? Listen, he doesn't need you to work seven days a week to pay your bills. It would actually do you good to quit helping him. I don't mean be lazy. I mean, you didn't get you where you are anyway. You didn't, get, you didn't get yourself saved. You didn't get yourself delivered. You didn't even give yourself to you had. He said, in order for you to be born again, you have to have faith. You went, I don't have any. He says, I'll let you have mine. He gave you the faith that he demanded that you use. So what have you done? Okay, you hear me say this. We fight all battles from victory. You have to go back to the goodness of God before you ever start fighting a battle. Because if you ever think you're going to try to get something by your faith, you, you, that's, you can't, that's not faith. Faith is always in what he did, not in what you're doing. All right. <clears throat> Okay, 1 John 4, go to 1 John 4, 17. I'm going somewhere very, very important. <clears throat> I always do. Y'all missed a real good opportunity to tell me what a great job I'm doing. Say amen, Pastor. Amen, all right. 4, 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we'll have boldness in the day of judgment. When you die, is it going to be a bad day or a good day? It's a good day. Get over being afraid of dying. Dead people aren't worried about dying. We'll talk about that in a minute. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in the world. Not as he is. Now, now, 
Come on. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear has torment. So where is the fear coming from in you? It hasn't given you a spirit of fear. So where is your fear? What's the root of your fear? I, I, I. It's not up to I, I, I. Never has been about I, I, I. I. Really? You? You You hadn't done anything so far. And now it's up to you. Y'all are awfully quiet. You're not putting faith in your love. You're putting your faith in his love. There is no fear when you know he loves you. His perfect love will drive the fear out of you because if you're fearful, you're tormented. And fear has not been made perfect in love until you're rooted in his love. You will have fear because you're still relying on you. What am I going to do? Why don't you worship God? Oh, no, I don't have time for that. You don't. You fixing it. Oh, yeah, I'm stressed. Okay, dummy. Come over here. I mean, I'm, right now I'm preaching real good, and y'all look at me like a dog at a new bowl. You, you, we're not talking about a formula that you push a button and pull a lever. We're talking about you sit back and going, well, you saved me. You delivered me. You love me. You gave me grace. <laughs> I love you, Father. I so love you. You're so good to me. Oh, God, you are so good to me. <laughs> Thank you for the blood. Thank you for your goodness. Oh, praise God. Oh, my God, you're so good. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's not, no, that's not hard. It is when you're not putting your faith in him. That's where all your worry is. Worry is sin. What am I going to do? Nothing. It's already been done. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm standing on the finished work of Jesus. But you don't know what the doctor said. Okay. See, I'm trying to give you a foundation under you. This has, one and one and two must become true to you. And it doesn't change. Because you become older. Bankers still use it. You are still going to need God loves me and I'm saved and delivered and healed by grace through faith, not of myself. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. That is faith. That's good, isn't it? Now, if, if you're not rooted in it, 
How do you get rooted in it? You're going to spend a lot of time reading scriptures because everything in the world says the opposite. And God don't care about you. Look at all the hell you're going through. Look at what's happening to you. Look what's happening to you. Why is only why? And you feel. I'll tell you how I feel. I feel like you don't love me. Open up a Bible and read it to yourself real loud. Over and over and over until you're rooted in it. All right, okay. I, I'm, I'm trying to go somewhere. And I'm going to get there. So, I'm going to ask you a question. What is love? When we say God. Okay. I'm going to take this to the lowest common denominator I can. Because I'm in, we're in first grade. Okay. I, I, let's don't complicate this. Let's make this simple so that all of us can go, okay, I can get that. So listen to this step. Selfishness. Love is being un... God is not selfish. God is love. Selfishness is self-promotion. Faith in self. You're a taker, not a giver. Self-preservation. What did it happen to the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt? Listen, listen to this. God has given them manna to eat, a fire by day to keep them, by night to keep them warm, a cloud by day, and water, and they can't believe they're going to promised land without dying. And, I'm, and, you know, you think, <clears throat> if it wasn't for God, you, you wouldn't even have eaten this morning. Could he not slay the giants in front of you? Oh, we're going there. We're going to die. Let me say something to you, and I want you to hear this. Dead people don't die. Dead people. Go on a morgue and pull a dead guy out and slap him. Just slap fire at him. And he doesn't even get offended. When, when <clears throat> I'm going someplace, I don't want to get ahead of myself. The root is pride. You fight to promote self. You can't serve God and self. Unselfishness. Go to Hebrews eleven six. Pop it up on the screen. I want you. Is trusting God to promote you? You're a giver, not afraid to serve. You can't educate yourself to be a better person. All the money you're making doesn't make you better. All the money you're making does not add to what God did. All, your job, your houses, um, all the things you're doing aren't adding to your life. God don't mind you having fun, but your job is not paying your bills. God meets all of your needs according to his riches and glory. If God took his hand off you, you and your job would fall apart. Are y'all hearing me? The reason you're struggling is because you've gone back to self- Preservation. 
though you're born again. What am I going to do about that? And then bad reports scare the heebie-jeebies out of you. You, you, haven't gotten, you haven't done anything to get yourself where you are. Why, why did you begin? See, we have a hard time with the scripture, cast all your cares on the Lord. Well, I would, but you just don't know. Is he God? Are you? No, you're not. <laughs> okay, okay. Y'all are, you have no idea. Y'all are actually listening. You're pulling on me right now. I, can, I feel like a pig. Mama pig. Now look at Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. He who comes to God must believe he is and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's a, is he good? Yes. Then what is he to people who don't seek him? Your, your, your whole life is based on you. The, the, the most selfish thing you can do is to quit being selfish. Because you will never get where God wants to take you as long as you're helping him. All right. Okay. I see y'all, y'all, are, y'all like. I'm going to take all of your anxiety out of you. And you're going to leave it here. Go back to enjoying your life. Because nothing's going to happen to you that you and God, that God can't take care of. And will. Okay. Your education it's not, make, it's not putting you where you need to be. Some of the most educated people in the world are going to hell. Right. Education, as touted by the world as being premium, it isn't. This uh, foundation is premium. It is your n- number one thing you need to know in life, not college. Nothing wrong with college. Don't go until you're rooted in the love of God. Because they'll screw you up. Because all the professors there are heathen. Your kids have come home heathen. Are y'all listening to me? All right, okay. Go, I uh, know. Go to James 4. I won't grow one though. James 4 1. Go to James 4 1. All right, okay. Go to James. Now, this, I'm, I'm going to say some things now, and I don't want you to go quiet on me. Yes, now, now, here's, here's, anytime you start talking about you changing, or, or you, a scripture comes that you're not doing it, you avoid it. Now, Why? Why do we avoid scriptures? Because they hurt. Is pain good or bad? It's good. Thank God you have nerves in your hand. 
You, you don't want to pick up a skillet that's hot and then look at your hand and realize, oh, the meat off my hand is burned because <laughs> you didn't feel the, God put the nerves there so you'd feel the pain, so you'd quit picking the pan up. So you wouldn't hit yourself with hammers. And the pain is a, is, a, is a way for you to know, whoa. When God gives you a scripture that creates pain, you want that. Because you go, hold on a minute. That pain is... When, preach, when pastor read that scripture, it, it bothered me. Good. Don't change churches because I read a scripture you didn't like. And, and American churches are very difficult to preach live right in because you're not. And you'll never change until someone reads a scripture and you go, Oh, ow. I'm about to make a change. Now, listen, police are good. The, the ticket did you good. The ticket for the other guy that did him, keeping him from killing you. If you don't want a ticket, make the change. If you don't want the pain, make change. So this is a scripture in the Bible that is not in your, you don't, you've never, you don't read this scripture. But I'm going to read it. <clears throat> I had to do all that so you'd let me read the Bible to you. The stuff you don't like to read. James, where do wars and fights come from among you? Don't they come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? Why do husbands and why are you and your husband and wife fighting like cats and dogs? Because one of you is selfish. Or both of you are selfish. Say amen. They say amen. <laughs> are y'all out there? I'm just reading. I'm just reading. <clears throat> You lust, you don't have, you murder, you covet, you fight, war. You don't have it because you didn't ask God. And you did ask him and you didn't receive it because, you're, because all you're thinking about is, is your own self. You adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world makes you the enemy of God? Therefore, he ever wants to be a friend with God and is makes himself an enemy of God. Do you think the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in you yearns jealously, but he gives more grace? That's what you, grace, you want grace? You want grace? You want grace? He resists the proud and gives grace to who? Humble. Humble people. Now, now that means that being selfish is not to your advantage. Why are you selfish? Because you don't think God can do it. You can do it, but he can't do it. I can only do it. God can do it, and I am going to do it. And I'm going to have my way. What if the Bible was actually true? What if God actually would help you? then you wouldn't need to fight with nobody. I mean, what if nobody likes you? God loves you. What do you care? We don't like you. 
Who gives a rip? I'm, I'm talking foundation. If God loves you, who, what do you care what everybody else says? I mean, they didn't even like Jesus. You're in good company. Do you realize that not everybody on this earth likes you? you some of y'all don't even like you. That is a problem. Because your mama told you was ugly. We're going to get into that. We're actually going to go there in a minute. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing really good right now. <clears throat> Rooted in the love of God. If God is for me, I got this. I'm going I'm to read something to you that when you have two selfish people, it equals divorce. When you have one selfish person, it equals maybe divorce, but most of the time, bad marriage. If you have two unselfish people, you have heaven on earth. Wouldn't it be to your advantage? Now, now, now. Okay. I used to actually dance in high school. It's called the camel walk, baby. All right, okay. <laughs> okay. No. All right. <laughs> what was his name? Dale Evans, not Dale Evans. What's his name? Jimmy Evans. <clears throat> Jimmy Dale Evans. On his marriage video, he said this. The very, very, very awesome what he said. Hell is where people die and go, and there's plenty of food. And God puts forks on your arm and spoons on the other arm so long that you can't feed yourself. And you're sitting at a table with food. And you, and you can't eat. That's hell. Heaven is when you die and there's food on the table. And you're sitting with people there that will take their spoon and feed you and you feed them, that's heaven. On earth, God has made it to where selfish people live in hell on earth because you're always trying to take care of yourself. So the opposite of love, now let me, let me go back, let me go back. I didn't do this, I gotta go do this. How am I doing, y'all? I mean, I'm trying my best to make this as so simple that anybody could get it, including people Word of Life Church. Amen. Matthew 22, I think this, yeah, Matthew 22, 36. Look, I want you, oh, 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 oh. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God. How much? All your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You'll love your neighbor as much as yourself. And on that hangs the whole Bible. That's the whole Bible hangs on that. On that. God is a giver. Now, 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 th now th think about what, if 
being unselfish, God, love, the definition of love is to be unselfish. That means you're not thinking of you. So that means when you, when you walk into your home, you're thinking, I'm, I'm talking from a man's point of view, what would my wife like for me to do for her today? The dishes need washing. Wash them. The floor needs sweeping. Sweep it. You're at the store. She likes certain things. Would she like for you to buy that? What would happen if the man was living to meet her needs? Would she reciprocate that? Yeah. Yeah. What would happen if God loved you so much that he gave you eternal life? He gave you the Holy Ghost. He gave you love. He gave you everything. He gave it to you. Would you be willing to reciprocate that and love God with all your heart and quit being so dang selfish? Me, 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 me. God Almighty people. What is wrong with coming to church and going, well, you just know I, mean, I don't have time to go to church today. I mean, I'm going to do it just sit around and worship God. Yeah, dummy. The reason you don't is that you got faith in you. And then when you get in the hospital, you want to know, well, you don't need to pray the prayer of faith with me. What size box do you want? You're not. I don't mean to say that may mean to y'all. Good God Almighty. When, why, why don't you just get rooted in the love of God now? He either loves you or he does not. Does he? Yes. Yes. When, when I, I got to tell on myself, when I left Raymond, I came here and I'm, I know I got a call of God in my life. I started my own ministry. I started it. And in one year, I got three places to preach. And one of them took me up an offering. And it wasn't enough to buy the gas to get home. I finally went to God and I went, I'm tired of trying to promote me. And you you understand that faith in God means faith in God. Not faith in Daryl, but we we all want to help him so much. Someone gives us some money and wouldn't dare. You got your own little checkbook at home and you got all your money in it. Really? Poor God. Poor God. I mean, what if the Bible were true? I went into the doctor's office one day. Little boy and two kids were, three kids were in the doctor's office. One little boy went to the toy box and got every toy out of it and hugged them to his chest. I went over in the corner and let everybody know those are my toys. And the other kids are going, We want to play? No. 
Is he playing? You, you, all y'all selfish people, you're not have you. You're the most miserable Christians on the earth. Me. Boy, that's good preaching. Like walking in love would harm you? Giving would harm you? Thinking about someone other than yourself would harm you? No. He who began a good work. He, he's helping you in spite of you. His biggest hindrance is you. Trying to get you off of you. For taking care of yourself. Boy, I'm doing pretty good. Page two. I've got nine more minutes. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Go to the book of Romans chapter 12. This is such a wonderful life. Christianity is a, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden's light. All you've ever really had to do was just love God and worship God. That's pretty simple. You got this? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Kill it. Kill it. Take the selfish side of you and slay it. Now, every one of us in this room has a different degree of selfishness. What I'm preaching is, a, is for everyone here. You may be a one or you may be a 10. Nobody's, nobody's counting your number. You know where you are. You're either the one that's always throwing fits and screaming and hollering and me, 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 or you're the one that's always getting, listen, you just decide where you are in your own life. But the only person you're going to fix is you. You're not going to fix. When I first married Lisa, now I'm going to tell on you. But, and I might not get dinner. You know, Lisa and I both, uh, many of us in this church, we grew up in circumstances that caused us to have a mindset. When I, when I married Lisa, we went to Maine one time, and she goes, I want to see all the lighthouses. And I go, we had a time to see all the lighthouses. Well, we, I, I got to see them. I, and so, Teresa says she has FOMO. Fear of missing out. When Lisa goes someplace, she, before we go home, she will see the whole state. And, and she's not like that now, but when I first met her, she was really bad. And, and I'm like, we, we can't stop at the lighthouse. We're going to miss our airplane flight. And I mean, it would just, we, 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 just, we just get in fights. We've got to go to the airport. I've got to see that. Well, a lot of that was her upbringing because because there was times that she went through lack. There was times when circumstances didn't. And it created in her that, boy, if you're going to grab it, you, you better grab it. You, if you go there, you, you may never come back. 
and she's learned now she's got her own credit card. She just leaves and goes, um, by the way, I'm going to Maine to see you next week. You know what I mean? She just don't even, you know. Now, now let me, since I picked on her and we'll pick on me. When I, when I grew up, a lot of people talk about what, white privilege. My mom and dad divorced when I was in second grade. My dad, because he was an alcoholic, didn't always send mom the alimony money. You know what lunchtime was for? I went in the lunchroom and sat at a table and watched people eat. And if they, get, if they didn't want their green beans, I ate them. If they, they, all those yeast rolls, they hated the. I ate more stinking yeast rolls growing up. Now, what, what happened to my soul? Though later I got money, food did not go in front of me that I didn't eat it. The fear of being hungry drove me even as an adult. I grew up with fears, though God said he would meet my need. I, all of us deal with some things in our life that we have to come back to the foundation. I had to repent and go, God, this is how I, had to, this is how I quit eating so much. I repent of the fear of being hungry. And from this day forward, my God will meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I trust you. You care about me. Uh, it, was a my, it was a mindset in me that it, food comes. Eat. Now, the only time I've not been, I, I didn't repent was in Alaska. There was halibut and salmon galore for free. What was that place? It was $10 a night, $12 a night, 13 bucks to eat all you can eat. And I did. <laughs> I swear I ate every piece of fish I could stuff in my face. And I was so miserable, I couldn't roll over on my belly for three days. I'm like, whoa, dude. <laughs> That's true. Now you're going to find out that the stuff you're dealing with in life is because you've got to go back and get rooted. If God is for me, if he loves me, if, he's, if he gave me every, how will he not freely with Christ give me all things? There's no reason to be self-centered. There's no reason for it. Well, I'm preaching good. Okay. Now, let me, let me make this statement to you. Just because I'm preaching this, you don't overcome this in a week. This is a lifelong process. And, and one of my scriptures was that when Jesus was reviled, I don't, can I tell on myself again here? I, I'm just going to tell on myself. When I was in school, because my mom and dad were divorced, the teacher would stand up and make fun of me in front of the class. I'm thinking, you know, when, when, you're, in, when you're in third grade, you don't know enough to, that's, that's an adult. Yes. And, and um, she called me one day and asked me to spell the word sale. And I said, S-A-L-E. And then she started laughing because the word was S-A-I-L. And everybody's rolling in the floor on how dumb I am. And it embarrassed me to no end. I quit talking. 
Daryl, I never said another word back to that dumb woman. They moved me out of her class because I'm not talking to her ever again. Her name was Miss Armstrong, and they moved me to Miss Nick's in the middle of third grade. I'm not talking to a teacher making fun. I am not talking to you, woman. Are y'all out there? You know, stuff happens to us. Now, you, I, I'll tell you this right now. When, when you make fun of me, I'll either chew you out or smack the heck out of you. I don't like it. Lisa will tell you, that's, you, you disrespect me, you'll wish to God you never met me. That's my issue, not yours. I had to get over it. Oh, y'all out there. I, I had to get the Bible out and go, when Jesus was reviled, he reviled not back. I, I had to quote that scripture a hundred times a day for months to keep from hitting people. I didn't hit them with my fist, but I mean, I'm, I'm trying to pastor a church and I don't like you. Well, I don't like the way you did that. Shut up. I'm doing the best I can. I told the whole church one time. I said, I've done more by accident than y'all have y'all ever done. Shut up and leave me alone. Why, why do you want to start picking on somebody? Why, why do you think on the way out you want to tell me what I did, did wrong? You don't never said nothing I did right. What was, see, what, what was wrong was in me. Though I tried to change it. I mean, I, I finally got everybody to shut up, and then they all left, and a new group came. <laughs> I've, I've told on me today, until I decided to get over it. If God is for me, I care what you think. Andrew Walmack helped me with that because one time somebody said, and criticized him to his face, and he said, who are you that I would care? I had a lady in, in a pop minister said, you scare us. I said, that's what Satan said to me this morning too. What helped me was being rooted in his love for me. You're not, not going to fix it any other way. That's good preaching. Now listen to, listen to this and go to Romans 8. Go to Romans 8. The Lord said this to me this week. You cannot act independently of the way you see yourself. Write that down. That is a powerful statement. You cannot act independently of the way you see yourself. Boy, you want to say it again? And you never will. You're always acting out the image you have of yourself. Right? Or wrong. If you think God doesn't love you, it's affecting the way you act. If you think he does love you, you're acting like it. Come on, come on, y'all. Come on, listen to me. So what would be the key? Why don't you change the image? Now, I'm not talking about making up stuff. I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about, is there, an Im- is there an image in here of what God thinks about? Absolutely. What if you had a God thought? If you think you're a victim, if you think you're nobody, 
If you think nobody loves you, you're poor, I can't do it. Your image is driving your life. You'll never change until you change the image you have of yourself. I'm, I'm, I got one more thing I'm going to read to y'all. Y'all are going to love it. I'm, I promise you're going to love it. If I took a million dollars out of a gold box, put it up on the floor up here, and I stomped it, and I threw it in a dirty old paper sack, what's it worth? What people have done to you did not change you. You are what God said you are. No matter what has happened to you. That's good preaching. I got this book by Dr. Teal Osborne and it has a, it has a story in it. It's going to take me just a minute to read it, but when I'm done, you're going to go, oh God, that was good. A young lady in Europe ran away from home. She traveled across the ocean to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and just to talk to Daisy, my wife, and me. From childhood, her parents told her she was stupid. She couldn't learn. She's unattractive. She'd never get a job, and she could never get a husband. The more her parents said those things, the more they were engaged in her subconscious, and the more she acted the part. This lady had always lived at home where she was dominated by a negative, destructive atmosphere. She became insecure, timid, withdrawn, and subjected. Her father and mother had succeeded in making a slave out of their own daughter simply by planting negative, destructive seeds in her mind. This is not the only person in the world going through this. That Satan does it to all of us. You no good, worthless dog. Not me. I'm his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. I'm saved by grace through faith. No, I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. Everything has become new. By God, I mean, I'm his favorite. What's the devil going to do with you? Nothing. She had been stupid. Had she been stupid? Oh, she was afraid to go out in the street alone. The only work she ever did was scrubbing floors. Had she been stupid? Her parent, as her parents told her, she would have never pondered a trip to America to see Daisy and me. She secretly got her own passport, visa, and arranged for her own ticket. She was not dull-witted or unintelligent. She was emotionally starved. She had been mentally devastated by cruel parents who were transferring their own self-hatred to their closest victim they could reach, their own daughter. Many of you in life, and it may, it may have been your parents, it may have been a husband, it may have been a wife. There, the whole idea is that because they're having a bad day, they're going to blow your candle out. My worth had nothing to do with my mom and dad being divorced. Why in the world did I have to go through all that? But I didn't know. I got born again. I started going, hmm, I'm not who they say I am. Whether your words are positive or negative, they're seeds. They will produce in your listeners the type of people you yourself are. Let me, let me, skip, let me skip down. It, um, we took the young European lady in our home and showed her love, esteem, compassion. We could see that behind her emotionally scarred face was a brilliant, lovely lady, lady who wanted to be somebody in life. She was extremely perceptive. She grabbed statements that lifted her self-esteem like a drowning person grabs a rope. 
where she's going to have to go to, to God to find out who she is. Her mouth and her face twitched, grimaced uncontrollably as she talked. Her head and her soldiers twisted involuntarily. Her whole body reflected her emotional state. Well, let me explain something to you about your body. Your thinking is why it's the way it is. I want y'all to please hear that. You've got to watch how you think about yourself and others. Father, they did me wrong. They don't know any better. Bless them. See, that'll keep you healthy. I know I messed up. I know you love me. Let's move forward, Father. Let's go. Fellowshipping with God, walking with God, greatest thing you'll ever do for yourself. Greater than anything, greater than anything you'll ever do. As a matter of fact, if you don't, you won't make it. Your whole life is dependent on your walking with God. <clears throat> Almost anyone would have judged her as unbalanced, yet her only problem was the ugly, negative words and thoughts that had been heaped upon her by her parents. The young woman stood in our prayer room and looked up to God as tears rolled down her cheeks. I asked her to confess these things. I am created in God's likeness. I am somebody important in God's eyes. He believes in me. He loves me. He needs me. I'm part of his plan. God loves me as much as he loves anyone else. You know, there's a scripture that he loves you as much as Jesus. That makes you pretty awesome. I said you are awesome. God said you're awesome. That's good news. Then we prayed with each other. When she returned to Europe, she was a new woman. She believed that she had a purpose for living. She would succeed in life and that God was vitally interested in her and valued her. She was thinking positive thoughts about herself, walking upright with her shoulders straight. She smiled. She had hope. She believed God had a plan for her. She had a new outlook. Her whole life would change because her thoughts had changed. She wasn't making up thoughts. She's reading her Bible. Romans 8. You ready? What can I say to these things? Say this with me. What can I say to these things? If who can be against me? Go to the next one. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for me, won't he also give me everything else I need? I've got to read it because I can't follow them. They're moving. Sorry, you're just moving a little slow. I've got to. He who didn't spare his son delivered him up. Verse 33. Who will bring a charge against me? It was God who made me righteous. Who is he that would condemn me? Christ died and furthermore rose and even at the right hand of God. He's up there right now praying for me. Say, he's up there there. praying for me. He gets his prayers answered. Who will separate me from his love? Trouble, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. As it is written, for your sake he's killed all day, accounted a sheep for the slaughter. No, in all of these things, I'm more than a God. 
This is the foundation of what has to be going on inside of you when you're going through a trial. God, thank you for all you ever did for me. You are a good God. You loved me. You forgave me. You've always been there. You said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And I'm going to lay in this bed and I'm going to worship you because I don't have a care in this world. My faith is in you. Now you say, what if I die? Dead people aren't afraid of dying. Kill that old guy. Kill him. When Lisa was in, we lived in that house and she went through a really bad trial. I said, are you afraid of dying? I said, you're going to have to conquer that first. Oh, that didn't go over real good. You not afraid of dying? And she was afraid of dying. I said, conquer it. She laid there in her bed and she conquered the fear of dying. That was when her healing began. You're afraid of losing? You're afraid of lack? What are you afraid of? What's, what, what's, what's creating fear in you? It ought not be there. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm his workmanship. He who began a good work in me will complete it. With long life, he'll satisfy me and he will show me his salvation. And this one, this is a wonderful way to live. Confession's not a work that you're trying to get God to do something. Faith is not a work. It's not up to you. Faith in God. Somebody look at me and say, this is actually pretty good. Do y'all understand why I'm doing this? Because later, I want to come back in here and talk about the fact that you have an enemy. It isn't God. And man, his number one ploy is to attack you and to get you to attack yourself. You understand that? You did this and you did that and you didn't. And people will help him. Yeah, you probably are married to one, you know. Don't attack them back. Just love them. I mean, somebody ought to say, that's good. That's just absolutely good preaching. The Word of God was given to you not to read it in order to become. It's reading it so you know who you are. There's scriptures like Galatians 3. You ought to just go home and read them. Just... God, thank you. You ought to read Romans 8 and just at the end of it go, thank you. <laughs> thank you. When it says rejoice in the Lord, he's talking about in the Lord, not yourself. You're not, you're not earning your healing by singing. You're singing because, you're, because he loves you. Well, since y'all are being so quiet, I'm going to go home. This is powerful, guys. Rooted 
in agape. Father God, thank you for this morning. You honor me by allowing me to preach your word to your church, to your body. I pray every person sitting in this room right now, every one of us, starting today, will get a brand new image of who we are in you and the way you think about us. And Father, I pray that we would walk out of here and go, I think I'm going to do that. And it'll change our life forever. Fellowshipping with you, reading your word, who we are. And become confident, God confident. And thank you for your blood. Thank you for grace. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for saving me and writing my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you for loving me and forgiving me. How many times now? Hundreds. Thank you that there's no condemnation. Thank you there's no condemnation. Thank you that you've given me authority over that rascal, the devil. Thank you. Thank you for the goodness of God. If you're here today and you're one of those selfish people, take your spoon and feed somebody. I had a man say to me one time, I said, I was in the hospital. No one came to see me. I went, have you ever been in the hospital to see anybody? Nope. That might be why. Don't shut me down. You can't live a selfish life expect people to feed you. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.